Spooktober is here for Triangle Squared. And lots of terrifying news for Sony. Hello and welcome to Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. And you've stuck through a number of dumb, cold openings, but we hope that that one was amongst the most heinous of them. Um, God, I, may, I can't use the word heinous without thinking about Law and Order. <laughs> the heinous crimes or whatever for the Special Victims Units. I've uh, never watched that before. You've never watched Law and Order? Special Victims Units? Not SVU, SVU no. Well, they're all the same. It's all Dick Wolf just coming up with countless ways to murder people without any. And I always, you know, while we're talking about Halloween and stuff and, and the spooky season, I wonder how many people have watched an episode of Law and Order just to go, I wonder if I can kill somebody that way and get away with it. Or would it be, would the moral of the story, with the balance for it be, well, they didn't get away with it. The special victim unit caught them. Maybe. But if they caught them, isn't that giving the plot holes for the plan? So it would be counteracting the plan. You know what? Don't read too much into this, people. <laughs> we are Triangle Squared. At PlayStation Podcast, I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, as always, Mr. Sawbridge is bringing you guys Lucky Episode 132. 132, that's correct. Um, almost forgot about that for a second. Um, anyway, if you are unfamiliar with us, we are a PlayStation-based podcast, though we do talk about everybody. We talk about uh, all the competition in the industry, what we'd like to see them do or what they're doing, and what we'd like to see Sony do in response to that, be it if we want them to kind of pick up a similar thing or uh, if we don't want them to pick up a similar thing. Uh, but we do talk about everybody. You can find us on YouTube in video format, which I think this episode is a great video tree episode. So if you normally listen to us, I would advise you right now to... Uh, Turn it over to YouTube and watch because we have a fun game that we'll get into for just a se- in just a second. But you can find us on uh, podcast services as well as you don't if you don't want to see our ugly faces and just want to hear our smooth, uh, somewhat lispy voices. Um, just me. I'm, I'm yeah, I was going to say I'm there's... the one with the lisp. I'm yeah, sorry. only one there. <laughs> Uh, anyway, if you want to chime in uh, with your thoughts on the things that we're talking about over on YouTube, you can do so, of course, in the comments below, and we welcome that. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, if you listen to us on podcast services, be it uh, iTunes, Google Play Music, if you're on iTunes, consider giving us a review. It helps get our numbers up there and people find the podcast. And, of course, the reviews help people know whether we are worth their time or not, and it lets us know what we need to do to make our podcast more worth more people's times. Uh, but, thankfully, we have a great group of people who love what we do, and we appreciate that. Uh, if you're listening over on Podbean, you can, of course, give your comments over there on that app and you can do so there Uh, if you want to find us on social media and be part of our community's take that we give at the end of every episode where we ask you a question about the topics that we are discussing and then get the community's feedback next episode we'll go over it and we'll bounce our new ideas that we have based off of their stuff off of it we love that section it seems to be very fun and been well received uh put out a very short notice one today and got a lot of feedback so thank you guys uh but of course you can find us on Facebook at Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. It's a group you can ask to be entered in. We'll gladly pull you in. You can find us on Twitter at Triangle SQRD. That's our handle over there. Someone stole Triangle Squared from us. And you can find us on Discord, our moment-to-moment, day-to-day discussions, uh, where we have the Community's Take section. We have a podcast open discussion section if you want to talk to us about other things we talk about in the podcast. Uh, And, of course, we have general chat where you can just hang out with everybody in the community, which is great. We love that. Uh, But to get this show... On the road, we will do. Uh, we will be diving into an episode with no. This will be a very different episode for us. Uh, not only are, are, is our lighting a little different, as you may notice on the video form, um, 
We're also um, going to be not doing a traditional news this episode. What we saw is that this week had so much stuff happen that came up from Sony. Um, a, a lot of good and a lot of potentially bad, depending on the way that you view these things. Uh, so we were going to make an episode all about Sony. No extra news. We're just going to dive into our thoughts on every piece of what Sony's doing, as well as having some fun with our uh, Halloween set. Uh, so to start this show off the right way, before we get into our little thing, Saul, what you been up to? What you been playing? Because I know the answer is at least the bare minimum a buttload of Shadow Keep. Yeah, a buttload of Shadow Keep. It's great, fantastic. If you like Destiny, jump into it. So many changes into it that uh, that were really cool. And it's been a while since I played Destiny, and I felt the way I did whenever Taken King came out, and that's exactly how I feel with Shadow Keep. It's a very special kind of feeling. It's a very refreshed kind of feeling, and I've been really, really enjoying it. You didn't feel that way when Forsaken dropped? No. No. Forsaken was really cool and really great of an expansion, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed Forsaken. But there was something about going back, not only to a Destiny 1 area, that is pretty much more or less the exact same with a couple of different things in there. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, And I that. then, of course, the way that you're, you're having mm -hmm. to refigure out how the armor system works, how the new material system works. Um, Whereas Taken King was the first time they introduced light level, wasn't it? No, I don't think so. You don't think so? I, don't, I can't remember. Taken King was year, year two, so two. it was the first expansion. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's what it was then. Yeah, maybe. So Taken King was uh, checking out all the new armor, the new weapons, the new... Um, and that's that's what, you know, Shadowkeep is, too, is mm. they have a slew of new weapons and armor and stuff as well. So it's it's been really fun. But in between my breaks with uh, Destiny 2, I've been playing Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> and that game is... <laughs> so you ended up grabbing it? Even better. <laughs> the game is so good. We said we would cover no other news, but the one thing I will say is that while that is currently just a Switch game, it has been announced to be coming to PS4 and yeah. Xbox One. Uh, I'll probably pick it up for PS4 too because it's a really short game. I've already beaten it. I had a feeling. Yeah. I mean, but it's also just a, a ridiculous game. I mean, I get it. It's. I imagine it's probably not even two hours long, but... Maybe. No, I'd say about, yeah, right, right around that area. Yeah, it's a game that the novelty's there, but you can't do too much with the novelty. It's almost more fun to replay within the scenarios that are given and than the novel trying to add too many scenarios. Well, the novelty doesn't wear off either. It's fun <laughs> the entire time you play it. So okay. if you're interested in that, definitely grab that game when it comes out. But that's really it. I haven't really played anything else this week at all. Been kind of busy with work, with it being my last week, my last full week at least. And um, yeah, so what have you been playing? I've been playing a little bit, but one, one quick question, because this is going to affect the way I feel going into it. Mm -hmm. um, on, on Shadowkeep, <clears throat> we talked about it a little bit in Party the other day when we had Joe and everybody in. Yeah. Um, but do you think the reason it's so big for you specifically is because of only the no nostalgia between Destiny 1? Uh, no, it's just that's or is that extra, kind of a mix. It's that things. extra special feeling. It's like yeah. that extra layer of why I enjoy it so much. Um, now... I keep going back to it, not because of that feeling, but because, you know, I'm level eight, 899 or whatever. I just actually hit level 900 today. But then it's like there's potentially get to level 1,000 plus and, and you have. So what's the new light cap? I don't think there is one. Okay. Yeah, it pretty much just goes up. Like, and then it resets at the end of the season back to what the new light cap is going to be. So, like, say next season the light cap is going to be – or not that light cap. But, like, let's say you start at 850 this season. Next season you might start at 950 or something like that. And you're going to work it. Okay. 
At least that's how I think it works. I might be wrong on that, but okay. Well, I was just curious. I mean, it's a you know I've, I've been so into now we can move into what I'm playing. Essentially, I've, I've been so into Greedfall, and it's a little bit it's a little bit different now that I'm so close to the end of the game and I've played so much of it. Um, I'm at this point where. I still have a lot of praise for the game, and I really enjoy it because it's doing something that no other games are doing right now, uh, which is so, or at least very few games are doing right now. Um, but it is one of those things where the way I'm choosing to play the game is doing everything before the final mission, pretty much. Yeah. So while I'm very close, I actually know that I'm on the final mission for the main story, um, and I'm doing everything else. A little bit of its charm is starting to wear a, just a hair. It's not quite as, you know, I'm not just over here like the entire time I'm playing it like, holy crap, I love this. It's kind of flattened it back down to like a, I love this a lot of the time, but now that I've seen these areas so much, rerunning through areas is starting to get just a hair, and you know, like, okay, it's not annoying, but it would be ideal if I had something else to do. And that happens in every one of these games. So it's nice to see that it's not just me being crazy. It is that I can understand that while this isn't a perfect game, it's just scratching an itch for me right now. So I'm loving that, very close to beating it. I uh, played a little bit more Borderlands 3 this week with uh, Mr. John and uh, RJ. And uh, let's see, I don't think I've played anything else. I have plans to get back to Remnant. My idea is to beat Greedfall, which has had me like legit addicted, and then go back to um, Borderlands 3, trying to finish it up, and Remnant and trying to finish it up, and then maybe go into Shadowkeep. Hmm. So I'm going to be a little bit behind y'all. I have a feeling, but... Eh. I'll oh, play well. through it. The, the campaign is not necessarily the longest campaign ever. It's And they, they, they stated that this is the first step into this expansive story of what Shadowkeep is going to tell you. Like, it's you're not going to get all the answers at all. The campaign actually ends on a cliffhanger. And the more and more this season happens, the season of Undying coming out or whatever... And They're going to the, use the seasons to tell more Yeah, story. it's going to actually have, like, instead of just being a seasonal refresh with new armor and stuff or... Well, that's new, kind like, of what they goal. did with Forsaken's, right? They, they told story, more yeah. story with, like, the black uh, armory and yeah. m- moving and forward, they the season sealed, of the Drifter. They sealed some of that off, but you, um... Like, there's still a story up in the air about, like, Aldrin mm-hmm. that you don't really get to go into and stuff like that. There's And then this season unveils the darkness, which everybody's been curious as to what they are. Yeah. So that was really cool. But it also is one of those things that it, it ends on a cliffhanger. And you're kind of like, well, that was, you know, it. W- I would say the campaign was probably four or five hours. That's what I expected. Yeah. It's, it's pretty short. Very similar to Forsaken. Yeah. Very similar to Forsaken. But uh, also way longer than Curse of Osiris and Warmind combined. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, or not but, way longer, but longer. I think I beat the campaign for <clears throat> Curse of Osiris in like 45 minutes. Yeah. It's very short. So. No. Um, but yeah, it's definitely worth it for the 35 bucks. And if you've never played before and you always thought like, you know what? I might try destiny when it's on sale. Good news is that it's free now. Free to play. So yeah. you could just b- download the new light expand or new light base game and then download the expansion for 35 bucks. And, and something I think I saw is that if you're moving into destiny now, you can choose to have your character start at 750 light or something like that. I don't that. think so. No. Okay. Somebody what ha- what in happens- the Facebook group that I was asking was saying, do, can I, is it, is it smart to go ahead and become 750 light or should I just, uh, or, should, or would I be missing too much if I don't play through the story? I, I mean, there might be a thing you could buy, like a um, like what you used to be able to buy in those games that you could take you up to, like what the current cap is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, what happened though that I don't know if you're aware of is that no matter what level you were when you last played, you are now 750. All of your gear, everywhere you have gear, the vault, your inventory across all your characters is all 750 now. Well, I was already 750, so that works. So, yeah, it brought everything up. But that's good for everybody else who was a lapsed player. Yeah, so. and it's real easy. Like I, I've been playing. I didn't feel great on Friday. But I've been playing, um, let's see, Tuesday night, 
Saturday and today, and I'm level 900. So it's not a huge grind okay. to get up there. It's it actually feels like it comes very natural, and there's really cool things that you could do to help you with that grind, like grind or to help you in that process. Was there any worry to that because it's so quick that you're going to get bored of it quicker, or that well, that's going to feel like you run out of stuff to do? That's just a level 900. The gap, the soft cap, is level 900. Like that's where from level 900 to 950, where you want to do the right at, is that's where. That's where it takes a while. Okay, I got you. That but makes when sense. you're, but also you don't have um your, your weekly stuff is not unlocked from the beginning either. You don't get your weekly like your powerful stuff like you'll do the three strikes and nightfall and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, crucible, all that stuff's not unlocked. You have to get to level nine hundred to unlock all that on your map. You can still go through and do strikes and stuff in the nightfall. You just but don't, you don't get, get the powerful. Gear. Yeah, I got yeah. you. That makes sense. All right, well that's cool. Uh, before we get going too far into this, we are going to go ahead and put it out there. The reason that we urged you guys to watch videos, we were having fun setting up the set today and doing ridiculous stuff. Uh, we're going to be doing this throughout the whole month of October. We're going to have our uh, a set up, and you know what? We might even continue to do this. Me and Saul will talk a little bit more about that. Uh, but what we decided to do while we were setting up the set is have a little bit of fun. Uh, so we're going to give you one away for sure, though there's plenty that are obviously visible. This is just going to be the first come. It's it's just a fun, loose thing. It's not that challenging. Uh, but if you're watching, then you notice on the set that there are little spiders everywhere. Um, most notably for the easy ones, there's a few that are around the logo backdrop. Uh, what we're going to say is the first person who gives us the correct number of spiders that are on I just, set. I thought of something. Where do you want us to have them tell us? The YouTube comments? Wherever. You, if, if you watch on YouTube, and, and, and I mean, because you'd have to watch this. So if you're watching on YouTube and you don't have any other way of reaching out to us or you don't use Twitter or something like that, you can drop it in the YouTube comments. Uh, if you're on Twitter, you can go into Twitter and just tweet at us and, and, and give us the number or private message us, actually. You know, whatever you want to do it. But we'll do the best we can. The first person that we see uh, chronologically give the correct answer. We're going to give them a $10 PSN card uh, just to have a little bit of fun. Uh, and if you guys like this and want us to keep doing it throughout the rest of October, I am okay with that. Uh, and just just let us know. We, we, this is fun, and if feedback, you know, we're having fun with October. Part of why the set is so dimly lit and a bunch of orange and purple lights and strings and fun stuff. Um, you know, October's a fun month. And it's cool to be able to kind of relax a little bit and have fun with the set. Uh, and we're afforded that because yeah, and uh, we have patrons. Actually, that's a great thing. I want to go ahead and thank our patrons. Yeah, our thank patrons, you, everybody. Uh, made, I was able to go about and buy all this stuff without having to dig in my own pockets. Uh, and that was fun. It's, a, it's appreciated that we can kind of have this fun and not feel like we're, you know, I don't know, having to dig into our own pockets too much to have this fun. So thank you guys. And you Appreciate get three more weeks of this. Three more weeks. That's right. And then, you know, we may, we may well, do some big fun four. shindig for uh, October. So. Oh, yeah. You get three more weeks of this. Yeah. Including this one? Or, yeah, you're saying four, four total. Yeah, yeah, that's what, four I, that's total. what I thought you were getting at. The 14th, 21st, and 28th. All right. And then if you've seen on our social media stuff, I made a good spooky background. So you seen our spooky background? I did. It looks really good. Yeah, I had fun making that. Anyway, um, we're going to get into this episode uh, the right way. So the first thing that we always do uh, whenever we get done with our introduction before we go into the news or anything, if there is a news section, which today there won't be, is going to our community's take. And the community's take is real important. We love it. Well, we already talked about that a little bit earlier. Uh, last week we were talking about the Sony store and how the Sony store, at least in the U.S., it's only in the U.S. right now, was able to figure that out. Um, it is Basically, Sony's attempt at a straight-from-the-source way to get your things from PlayStation, be it games, consoles, or headsets and accessories that they uh, officially license. Uh, and with that in mind, we asked, 
Could you see yourself buying PlayStation products directly from Sony's new store? Would you entertain the idea of store exclusive bundles or collector's editions? And I put this out with just an, like an hour and a half before we recorded and got great, great responses. So thank you to everybody. I meant to put it up earlier this week. It's just Saul getting a new job, bunch of stuff going on, and then my addiction to Greedfall is just making it to where <laughs> I'm, I'm slipping up on my responsibilities. Um, though I did also scrape the paint off the back of this house for like six hours yesterday, so... I've not been doing nothing, I promise you. Uh, we got a lot of responses, though, and a lot of very different ones. So, Mr. Josh Shoop, longtime listener, uh, he actually had a... He says, I know I'm going to sound like an impatient millennial, but I'm not a fan of making big purchases digitally. I like to see what I'm buying if it's something that's going to be over $200. Plus, there's something really fun about making a bigger purchase and driving home with it and having the excitement of when you get home, you can open it up. Not to mention, as a mailman, I have seen the way packages can be treated... I would not want a new console thrown around. I agree with Why that. Why do you treat ladder. my packages like that, Josh? <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to try and get RJ too, buddy. Better not be throwing our packages around. Uh, anyway, I get that, and I do think that that's something that comes with all things. But you know, I think that Amazon obviously gets enough people buying stuff right now that they would not offer this up. If they did not, uh, Sony in this case, but Amazon as well would not be offering this up and selling consoles if they had just a drastic amount of, of damage and send back yeah. that they had to deal with. Cause I, they're going to, it's going to come out of their pocket. I don't think I've ever received something broken in the past, like 10 years that I've ordered stuff. Like, and I mean like from shipping or whatever, like I can tell like the box is all beat up or something like that. And the, and the item doesn't work. I don't really think that that's happened to me at all in a long time. Okay. Well, I, one thing I do get that he says, and this is true. I remember when I bought the PS4 brand new and coming home and having the console in the box, and it was a real interesting night. It was storming. Uh, so, you know, I've got my console in its bag. It starts raining right as we're checking out and getting our consoles. I'm running back to my car, putting it in there. Some guy drove up on a motorcycle. So he's sitting there like, I don't know what to do, calling his mom to come pick him up because he doesn't want his... He doesn't want his console to get rained out, which is sensible. Uh, but there is that. There's that palpable excitement. And, you know, at that point in time, I lived way out away from our GameStop. Not nearly as close. It was I lived out in the country. And it was like a longer drive. So since it was a longer drive, it was even more exciting. It's like, ah, oh, yes, I can't wait to get home and play this. And there's more of a wait. And it's just it builds up that excitement. Uh, so I, I definitely get that. Um I understand. On the flip side, Mr. Uh, Danny Candyman via Lobos, and uh, um, he, he, you remember, that was the one I asked him to let us know how to say his name. Yeah. He, he did. Uh, he says, uh, mainly pre-order games on Amazon for one-day shipping and the off chance the price drops a little. If PlayStation Store has a similar or better benefit, I wouldn't mind using it. Would also probably grab official accessories from here as well. That's kind of the, it's just kind of two flips. You know, you have one person who is mentioning the things they like, and you have one person who has given up most of the going and getting things more so, and he's okay with the benefits that this does offer you, not having to leave, get it same day shipping and stuff like that. Uh, I get it. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and, and depending on where you are on Amazon, you also get one day shipping. Now, one thing that's real important to throw in here, and I'll, I'll pull over one of the ones that we got from, uh, from Twitter, Mr. Ryan over from the Jack of All Controllers website. If you want to go check him out, you can. And that site uh he says i'd buy it directly from sony for the one day shipping so one thing that we talked about last week was that uh sony is promising i am curious and i'm probably going to buy something from there soon just to see how it works uh ps plus subscribers get free one day shipping on all orders it's interesting um i don't know exactly how they're going about doing that 
but it's a great idea, and I have a feeling they wouldn't promise it if they weren't very positive that they could pull it off. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a partnership or something involved in that and how they're making that work. Uh, but that is something to keep in mind. So, you know, when Danny says that, you know, if there's other benefits – that's a similar benefit, so it's going to have to go from there if pricing gets better for some reason or an exclusive, like we talked about, can there. Um, I'm going to go with, oh, God, Mr. Josh Drago says, if it comes with free turkey sp- spaghetti, I'm so in. Yucky. So I know you don't have Facebook, so you couldn't see it, but I'll have to show you later. I'll have to remind you. Uh, I have to remind myself to do it. Uh, anyway, we have one more from Facebook, and then we'll go get some from Twitter and, uh, lastly, from Discord. Uh, Mr. Derek Porter says, I can only see buying digital games, similar to what I already do, and maybe peripherals like controllers. I have the same preference as Josh that I prefer to buy big-ticket items in a store rather than order online and risk damage. Plus, I prefer to not have to wait for a system. Um, and that goes back to, I, I actually do agree, I've not had a situation where I've bought a console uh, that was a normal edition. You can't do anything about some of these special edition consoles. You have to order them and they have to be shipped to you. Nothing you can do about it. So like my uh, my 500 million PlayStation 4, my Monster Hunter World PS4 Pro that I had, um, those are things that you can't really get around. It's unfortunate and I would much prefer to go in and buy those from a store and pick them up. Uh, but the truth is, realistically, uh, if uh, this is kind of where I stand on it. Those same consoles get shipped. Whether you pick them up at store and you think, well, I have it at the store, those same consoles get shipped to the store in which you're picking them up on. So if they were going to get abused in transit, they were going to get abused in transit. Yeah. You know, that's almost like a, what were the fates? You know, if that's what the fates were, then that's what was going to happen. Um, so you know, there we go. I'm going to move over to Twitter real quick, get a couple of those. Is there anything else that you can think of, Saul, from well, the Facebook thing that you want to add in? And I can kind of agree to that. Um that having a new electronic or whatever is something really cool, especially going to get it and waiting in the anticipation. That's almost been replaced by me, though, with the delivery. The like, immediacy? Because I was about to say, I know that you bought the Switch Lite. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's like... And I was very much in the camp of if I was even going to get a Switch Lite, which I didn't. I was really debating, do I, do I buy it from Amazon? Do I go and pick it up? And I am much more... And I don't know if it's just because of tradition and like... what you're used to yeah uh i lean so much more toward going and picking up a console and part of it is because of that little you know uh what do you want to call that a um good lord i don't know how i'm brain farting so much right now um like a ritual you know the ritual of getting in your car being excited that you're going to the store like i'm going to get this uh, you know it's it's interesting if you pre-order it you kind of get that anyway you I mean you get the you get to know that it's there if you don't pre-order it you have that kind of risky nature of like maybe they'll have it maybe they won't it's a it's a weird thing it's kind of a it, it's a ritual it's it's exciting to go through and do all these steps that you feel like you're doing to get home and unbox it and then but, and i get it but What's the immediacy of shipping from somebody who just doesn't no, no, really no. understand? It's, it's it's like it's almost the same as um, it's almost the same feeling as you know you're getting it that day, but stop looking at that. <laughs> I know it's it's uh it's it's almost the same thing as like the uh, the feeling of getting it that day and getting excited for it. Except I don't have that extra step of having to go get it. I know this is so stupid. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a, just a little bit of a tease. I don't know what what Saul's doing over here, but there's a floating head of Sean Layden just, <laughs> just cut out. And for some reason, my mind was, you know, it'd be great for editing a little Sean Layden head ghost floating around the set. I mean, I'm making it a PNG, so technically, if we had a green screen, then yeah, that would be perfect. Just have one and have a little green ball that moves around on the set, and we just green screen his head just on. Like, it. it zooms by every now and then. <laughs> 
count how many times Sean Layden's going to buy one a free gift card. Have the floating head like shrink and get on the, the Nathan Drake statue's face for a second and see if people notice it and then move off. If we if we had somebody, if we had enough to where we could be doing this full time and have somebody here who could do this stuff in real time for us, we would have so much fun with the video side of things. But alas, uh, we're not quite there yet. Anyway, uh, over on Twitter, we have a couple more, and then we're going to get on to the rest of the main topics. Uh, we have, uh, let's see, one of the one of the things I've seen a lot is people say it just depends on price. It makes sense price wise. One of the things I think Sony were very smart in doing is upfront saying that our pricing is aligned with everybody else. No one is going to buy directly from Sony if it costs more. Sony realizes that, so. And considering that you're buying it direct, there's you're cutting out the middleman. So there's a benefit of that. Sony gets a little bit more profit from not having to go and sell it through somebody, uh, which is probably how they're able to somewhat float this PS Plus one-day shipping thing, as well as guaranteeing prices are the same. It's going to be really interesting to see if Sony starts doing sales on that store, how often the sales are and how steep the sales are, yeah. uh, and what the incentive is for that when Sony has such steep sales in the PlayStation Store, uh, the, the digital PlayStation Store already. Um, that's just going to be a time, wait, and see thing. Uh, so that makes sense. Um, I, I get that a lot. Uh, somebody over here actually mentioned specifically the collector's exclusive things. Uh, is Mr. Rob, he says... Game, which is a store over in the uh, UK, I think, does collector's editions only, and I hate... Sorry. Does, does collector's editions only, and I hate game, so I've missed out on a lot of decent bundles. So yes, Sony store. Which seems like he's okay with Sony pulling some of those things in and where he doesn't have to deal with game in order to deal with these things. Right. Seems like he's going in... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just can't look at your screen. It's going to kill me. The only thing I'm going to have to figure out is how to place items behind items. I know you yeah, know how to do it. It's very easy. <laughs> Go back on what he was saying about games. Good luck. Uh, but yeah, I get that. You know, it's, I, I think, uh, for better or worse, and I know that we actually have a couple of people in here who are actually talking about GameStop in a, in a more positive light. We talk, we say all the time that, you know, it depends on where you are. That's one thing that we notice. So this is game specific, but GameStop is uh, very similar for a lot of people in the U.S. Uh, but then you have GameStop in places, in certain places in the U.S. where people just have good experiences. And then you have EB Games over in uh, Australia. And uh, Mr. one of our listeners, Josh, over in Australia, also always says EB Games is great. And that is the same company as GameStop. Um, but let's see. We had a couple more here. Uh, oh. Ryan, our buddy, says, I was going to order Death Stranding, but they don't have it, which is interesting. So it does already present a problem they're having. They're not even giving you the ability to pre-order games that will be coming out from them. This is something yeah, that so sooner or later they're going to have to I'm finish. curious how, ref- or not refunding, pre-order is going to work. Like, are they going to have a pre-order system, or is it one of those things that's like, it's Sony, you're, you're buying from them, you don't have to pre-order anything. I, I, you know, pre-orders are just to ensure that you get the game as quick as possible. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, I guess that's you true. know, you'd want to have pre-ordering so that you can say, okay, if you want Death Stranding and you're okay with buying it directly from Sony, but you need to give us the ability to pre-order it. Well, from I'm not Sony. saying what I'm saying though is, is that like, what if for PS Plus members, instead of pre-ordering, they just have it so that you can purchase the game 24 hours in advance, like you do on maybe, the ma- like maybe. whatever. So then you get it the day of release. Like maybe. there is a more actual pre-ordering. You're just purchasing it. And they're charging you for it a day before, then you get maybe it because that's that's what it comes down to is making sure that you you that the barrier of what people expect already is to go ahead and get um, the perfect thing in. You know, you want to have it where it's like day day of I come home and it's there for me. That's that's the allure to buying and pre ordering on Amazon as long as you have Prime. So in this case, if you've got PS Plus, which is essentially Sony's version of Prime for this particular, then there it would be great to be able to pre order it and know that you have a chance of. 
even getting it early. That's one of the things that a lot of people with Prime love is the closer you are to a place, you have a chance of getting it early just because of the way that the shipment works out. Um, and then we got a couple over on Discord, and we're going to close this out. So thank you, everybody, for the multitude of responses. Uh, one of the ones over there, and I'm going to give GameStop uh, love. I'm going to give the person who gave GameStop love. I give GameStop love sometimes. I like to support them. Um, Liam over here on our Discord says, Sure, if it's exclusive and, of course, something I really want. Otherwise, I can get it at GameStop. I have no reason. And, you know, one of the things that I brought up in response to that is that there is a clear benefit. Uh, It's something that I lamented recently in having a conversation with somebody, maybe even on this episode, I don't know, uh, or or not this episode, but an episode, was that there was a point in time where we had a uh, Radio Shack here. And it wasn't right. an episode. I actually do remember what this is about. Um, we had a Radio Shack here, and whenever you'd have those random situations where you needed something that only Radio Shack had, you'd go to Radio Shack. Well, the problem is, is when you didn't go to Radio Shack for all the things that they had that you could also get from Amazon, if you'd order from Amazon or go somewhere, uh, you know, some kind of online store, it drove Radio Shack out of business. Uh, so we don't have any around here anymore, and the company is all but gone. If if it's not entirely gone, it's kind of like it's, how I there's it's gone. It's kind of like how there's technically Blockbuster's gone, but there's one Blockbuster still in Oregon. No, I think like I, I, <laughs> did bank, did Blockbuster bankrupt or I don't know. They switched to something else. Uh, they switched to like a Netflix style thing for a little bit. Uh, yeah, I but I don't that. think it stayed. They had. Um, did you remember them having Blockbuster, um, like Redbox things? Oh no! There was one at the Easy Mart up by College, uh, um, College Drive, not College Drive, University Boulevard. Okay, yeah. up there next to A and M. Weird. It was a blue red box looking machine. Really yeah. weird. Never seen those. Uh, anyway, that it goes to the moral of that story is is that you know. I only went to Amazon. I mean, I only went to Radio Shack whenever it was something I absolutely had to have from them, and I regret that because even if I'm just one person, if more people would have had the idea of you know there is a there's a time and a place uh, for brick and mortar stores, and when you don't have a rush for any other reason, and the only reason you order from online is because you're too lazy to get up and go get it, and that's literally it. Sometimes you just got to get up and go do it, and this is only this is just what I think because there's going to be a point in time where you really need them and they're not going to be around. And I feel that way about GameStop. There's going to be times where I really need something, and GameStop would have been the place to have it and have it and get it that same day in 15 minutes, like you know when you're on a very short timer. Yeah. But if GameStop goes under because of no longer anybody supporting them because of going off to these different areas. You do deal with the fact that there might be a point in time where the only way to get these things is to order them, and that means you're going to have to wait at least a day unless you're in a big enough metropolitan area that Amazon does same-day delivery, which they do do in a couple of bigger cities, but definitely not ours. Um, so that's a thing to think about. It's, it's important. I get it. You know? Yeah. Um, and let's see. Uh, Mr. El Tabib says, I wouldn't mind that, especially if their warranty prices, uh, their warranty provides coverage, uh, then the other stores are better coverage, I think is what he means. Uh, as an example, I buy Apple products from Apple directly, which provides me with peace of mind that if something happens, they would cover it easily without going through third-party stores and trying to figure out the coverage, for example. Plus, buying from Sony feels like I'm supporting them even more when all the money I pay for the console is going to them directly instead of a middleman. That's going to be the last one we do. I, I think that one's great. I, that also shoots. I'm going to buy from them directly just because I like Sony. I want to see Sony go through and, and do well. And I am a big believer when you like somebody, you support them. Just like uh, you know, Liam says, go to GameStop. He likes GameStop. He's going to go there. He's going to support him. Josh uh, likes EB Games. He's going to go there. He's going to support him. That's great. Do that. I do not urge anybody to not do that. You know, There's a lot of hate online, definitely in the U.S., about GameStop and telling people to not go to GameStop. And you know what? 
I think that that has to be a local decision. If you know that your GameStop is just terrible and you've never had a good experience, then don't use them. I'm not going to tell you to use somebody you hate, but at the same time, I don't think that you should expect someone else not to use GameStop just because you had a bad experience. You know, if, if, if you have a great experience at your GameStop, but someone else has a bad one, that's just unfortunate for them. That sucks. But you know, luckily you get what you want from GameStop and you get that and you get what you want from game or from whatever Mon or brick and mortar store that you use. Um, and I do think that there's some benefit to keeping them around, but there is also a benefit to buying direct from Sony and letting them kind of get out from the constraints of needing to rely on GameStop. So, yeah, uh, I have a what I'm thinking I'm going to do uh, when a game comes out that I'm not just in a hurry for and unless they get the pre-ordering thing figured out, I'm going to buy something from them soon just to see how the shipping goes, how the purchasing goes, make sure it's smooth and like I expect from any other big retailer. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I'm going to wait and see how big, how much this expands. If it expands to other territories, how much it expands just from what you can buy from them and, and different things they pull off. And then I might buy my PlayStation 5 from them depending you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of just see how that goes down. Um, but like we said in the cold opening, this is a big news week for Sony. Um, you know, it, there's a lot of stuff that happened and it's all stuff that, you know, we're over here at first saying that Sony's being a lot, they're being really quiet. News kind of drips out at weird time. They're having long distances between state of plays. Uh, they're not really communicating. The upper people aren't communicating on Twitter and stuff like they used to. What are all these things? And what I've found really interesting about it is it seems like, the the first thing that we're going to go ahead and talk about here right now is that Sean Layden has been announced to be stepping down as the chairman of Sony Worldwide Studios. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing about that is it seems like with that move, a bunch of other stuff, like this week, that move and all this other stuff kind of just burst out. And it's like, oh, was the silence partially due to some inner fighting over what to do and silence because we couldn't get any upper management to agree on what to do? Uh, so they didn't want to put it out because one person would veto it and then this person would veto it and it just got to be convoluted and crazy. Yeah. Is that a reason why we saw people step away from Twitter because there's infighting that they're trying to deal with and trying to figure that out? So, of course, first thing is Sony hits Twitter, PlayStation rather, hits Twitter and says um, that Sean Layden is stepping down pretty much effective immediately. Uh, the The weird thing about this whole situation, Sean Layden has still to this day, I'm fairly positive said nothing. Uh, and I'm actually really curious to see if he's updated his thing finally, because what I found very odd about it. Yeah, no. So he still hasn't, he has still not put out an official statement. He is still not put, he's still not changed his profile picture from the concrete genie thing. His, uh, Twitter bio still says worldwide studio, Sony interactive entertainment. He has not made a peep. Sony only put out this real quick thing. Nothing more. Yeah, very very brief too. And it just seems like we're in this weird swirl of something is going on at Sony. And you know, Saul and I were talking about it a little bit beforehand, but it's like it makes you wonder what exactly was it that got him to where this was this very quick announcement came. I have a couple of ideas. When I first heard it, my immediate my my immediate idea, and I've actually seen this from other people, so I know this is not going to be just necessarily revelatory if you follow other people in the in the industry. But it is my immediate thought was that Sean Layden actually wanted to end up being president, or at least that was an ambition of his. Definitely, if you've been with company that long, you know one of the things that Saul and I talk about with our own careers is that you don't want to work with a place that seems like it's got a ceiling that you're never going to go above. 
And yeah. if Sean's idea of being with the company for 30 years was my goal before it's all said and done is to be the president of, you know, uh, PlayStation, uh, what is it? Sony Interactive Entertainment proper, yeah. not just Worldwide Studios under that, uh, you know, which is what he was. Uh, I, I get that. That's where Jim Ryan is now when you're looking at that and what that really means. Um, it's understandable to understand that he may have either looked at different job options as soon as that announcement was made that Jim Ryan was going to become the president. Um and then when you kind of go back, it could have been that he was immediately looking for other places and finally got a bite of somewhere he wanted to go. And one of the things that happens in these industries is that if you're leaving for a competitor, you are let go immediately. There's no two weeks. Uh, these PR statements have to happen quickly. They're not as fluffy as they would otherwise be. They kind of just are, hey, we appreciate what he's did, done for us, but also goodbye. Yeah. That's kind of the way that stuff works. So I have a feeling that maybe that's it. Or that they were unaware of the fact that he was as displeased as he was, and he was debating to see what he wanted to do, and he decided to retire. We don't know anything yet, and that's just a real interesting situation. Um, but I, I get it, and I think that Saul kind of gets that too. He's leaving where he's working because it was just, you know, it, it, and I'm, we don't got to go into that, but it's just a real-world situation that you can tie into it, and it's relatable, is that, we're having that just on a personal level with us. You yeah. know what I mean? Is that somebody wants to leave a position and actually Blaze as well left a position where he worked because of them not wanting to do anything with moving him up despite him being there for a long time and having the clear ambition to move up. Um, so that stuff happens. Uh, that's the first thing. I'll say I actually like Sean. I remember when Jack Tretton first left. I thought, oh, no, I like Jack. I did too, yeah. You know, he, he's kind of prim and proper, uh, and he always had the suit, whereas Sean – total line. You yeah, know? he always wore graphic tees and stuff depending on where he was at. Yeah, he but he'd wear a suit sometimes yeah. and then he'd wear normal clothes he sometimes. He went on uh, the front, the, the main stage of the Game Awards last year with both, um, uh, Mia, not Miyamoto, Reggie, and yeah. um, Phil Spencer from Nintendo and Microsoft. And, you know, they did their whole, like, you know, Console Wars is dumb kind of speech or similar speech of like, you know, we need to play together and stuff like that. And, you know, he was a really sincere and genuine guy and as a company exec it's always hard to judge that but i got that feeling with him me too uh and you know it, it you it's not that you live in a bubble I, I shouldn't say but the way that you perceive somebody when you don't hear massive droves of people saying opposite and yeah. i don't really feel like we got that ever from sean um if anything, I feel like Jim Ryan got a lot more pressure on him for the things he was saying. Yeah, oh yeah. And there was a, there was a, there was people who were much more on the either side of Jim Ryan thing. I never felt like I saw a lot of hullabaloo over Sean and whether or not he was good or bad. It always kind of seemed like everybody just accepted him as if they didn't think he was great, they at least thought he was okay. Like he's yeah. he, he's not he's not offending anywhere, and I don't mean that by being offensive, but it's like they don't have any problems with him. But they also don't love him, or they just love him. It, it never seemed like it was to the negative side. It's kind of like Phil Spencer. You know, some people, about the worst I hear about Phil, Phil Spencer is people worrying that he's driving Microsoft into the ground with some of his service ideas. Of, and, and that just seems like it's more of a, they don't understand the business move, but it's not necessarily just saying that they hate Phil Spencer. For a lot of people, they really like Phil Spencer's kind of milk toast. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I don't, I don't want to say bland, but it's it kind of bland in, in the endearing way. It's the everyday guy feel yeah. that Don Matrick didn't have, and that as much as I love Jack Tretton, uh, he had I a little hated, bit of it. Hated Don Matrick though. Yeah, it, he had a little bit of that, but I think Sean definitely tapped into the everyday man a little bit better than Jack did. Maybe that's because of appearance yeah. and not always wearing suits. Uh, maybe it was just kind of a, a feel towards that. I feel like you know. Uh, 
Shuhei kind of has his charm, but it's more personality driven. He still does tend to dress professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is something about that. There's a personality thing that can drive you towards liking somebody. And I feel like Sean was very similar to Shuhei. People just liked him because he had a, a charm and charisma about him. Um, there was a lot that comes with Sean that we have to assume is a very similar to why PlayStation did the things they do. You know, we do not have inside contacts. Best we can do is look at situations and see what we think. Uh, saw something I'm curious about with you. Uh, it does seem like when you look at all the different things coming in from Jim, Ryan, and Sean Layden, that I do think that Sean Layden was paramount in making Sony make a move towards crossplay. Uh, and crossplay does come into a next move that is something that we'll get into in a, a little bit uh, about it. But crossplay did, just to kind of tie into the conversation, crossplay left uh, beta and went into full blown access um, now. So. Sean Layden seems to be very important in that change because we saw, you know, Jim Ryan have his statement, which was, we got to look out for our community. We, you know, business, this business, that, which I understand, you know, they are business. Then we had Sean Layden when he was asked about it, he said, you know what? There's a lot of stuff going on, but I'm confident that we can come up with a solution that works best for our players and for our business model. And it seemed like he was the one who understood on that side what he thought people were wanting. And I do think that from the reaction we've seen from crossplay, that was a good thing. Um, I'm a little curious. One of the things that you said, Saul, back whenever the crossplay stuff was first going on, uh, and there was issues as to whether Sony was going to support it or not, mm-hmm. was that you thought that the bare minimum, what they should do is go ahead and enact crossplay for the rest of this generation. Absolutely. And then cut it off at the beginning of PS five. Make it make if they decided that yeah if they're gonna if they're gonna cut it off again make everybody aware say hey we're gonna have crossplay this is now out of beta this is gonna end uh, with this with this generation's life cycle so when this generation or or it's gonna end with the birth of the next generation so when the PS5 comes out we'll be back on to uh, you being able to enjoy your exclusive games and your multiplayer with other friends on your console but you will not be able to reach out to other consoles make it clear make it concise on what if is the that's what are. they were gonna do yeah and I think that's you know more than fair considering console sales were among Xbox and you know PC doesn't really matter because that's a whole different beast. But yeah, sure. It's well, and, and, and Sony's been open to PC crossplay, so yeah, yeah, that's reasonable. Uh, well, you know, when we're getting into that idea of you know Jim being much more against it, probably because of the business aspect, which is reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go through and look at those things, you know, this announcement that, like we said, um, I guess this is what's interesting about it: crossplay leaves beta after Sean Layden is out though Sean Layden seems like he's one of the biggest people who pushed for it. So my wonder is, is that what they're doing? But they're, and I didn't actually read it, you know, that, that I just saw that it was out of beta and that's kind of, I was like, I don't need to read an article that's kind of self, but maybe I should have, because I am curious if there was any kind of stipulations put in there or if this is them doing their thing of preparing for the PS5 and saying, you know what, regardless of Sean's here or not, if he was the, one of the leading chargers for that, he was right. Uh, we've seen uh, a, a, a you remember how much hate Sony was getting during that time and the censorship stuff happened. And it seemed like Sony was in a little one year window of just can't win. Yeah. They would get, PR was just, just making stupid them. mistakes everywhere. So when you look at that, 
you know, I almost wonder, is this the thing where they like, you know, if Sean was the person who was driving behind that, uh, did they look at it and say, hey, here we are. Uh, we noticed that the talk around Sony is way more calm than it was in that tumultuous time. Uh, censorship things, they still get a, a little bit of flack for it. And rightfully um, so. And rightfully so. But it seems that they've also backed off on it a little bit. And for the, not completely, I just think we haven't not seen completely. any instances in a while. Or well, I mean that instances. from like games like Devil May Cry Five being able to go back in and update the game where the censorship that was put there is removed. Yeah, but the problem is that most of the Devil May Cry fans played that on launch and hey, dealt with the yes, censorship, yes. and now the people who aren't going in aren't going to have to see it. Yes, or but that just makes it. you wonder. Like, is was the was that Sony relenting, or is this a loophole? You know, did did Capcom go? Hey, there is no, there is no loophole because other consoles had, or Xbox and PC had the thing that Sony censored out. So there is no yes. need for a loophole. Well, what I mean by that is a loophole on Sony systems because one of the things that we talked about before was, do you remember how we talked about Outlast Two uh, coming yeah. releasing, and then a year later they put all the stuff that they had to pull from the game to keep it from not being rated in a seventeen or whatever or whatever not in a but adult only. Uh, it was well. That's they put all that stuff that, back into that it. That wasn't just for Sony, where the censorship. Yeah, in but that happened across the board. Was. So right. it makes you wonder. But that was essentially. It seems like, and and if anybody knows more about that situation, I actually kind of need to dig into that myself. Was that a loophole with the ESRB of? You, we're going to rate the game, but then if you want to patch these things back in, we're not going to re-rate I would game. think for that, sure, but I don't think that there is any kind of loophole involving Sony at all. Like That doesn't make sense because Xbox and PC had it, so it's not like Sony was trying to avoid a rating. because the Well, ERs, I don't mean for rating. I mean that the loophole, so like, this is the way I look at it. But who are they loopholing? Like, what is, Sony. So, Sony so they're loopholing themselves? Well, no, they're, yeah, they're, they're loopholing Sony. Sony says, hey, you can't release the game with this in it. And then do the, and I don't know the actual terms of that, but you have a look and they say, okay, well, we can't release the game in it, so what we're going to do is put this stupid censorship bar, but then months down the line, we're just going to patch the censor bar out. Yeah, but patching would be dev approved. Dev approved and... But that's all I want. But it's, it's still one of those things where is it, is it a sign of Sony backing off and saying, well, fine, you no, can have this? Or I is it a not, loophole? because that's it's incredibly weird. stupid. The, the only reason I say that is, are we seeing signs of Sony backing away from that strong I mean, stance I hope as well? so, but I don't think that's an instance at all. I don't think that's a good example because, you know, if it was, if it was a loophole... And Capcom was trying to get around Sony. Sony would have allowed it anyways. But then they would have had to run that by Sony. Sony would have seen it. And especially with everybody in the media saying that, it, hey, well, hey, look, they, they let up. Sony would see it. They didn't go back to Capcom I and mean, say, sure. you know, why would you have done this? Sure. Yeah. So for me, I, I just think that it's just a poor, I think it's a poor, and it is it is their fault 100%. It's a poor string of decisions they've been making lately. And you know, that's, that is one thing that, like, why I'm so iffy about Jim Ryan is because the things he said before that I don't agree with is if what he said is going to go into play with any of that. But I highly doubt it due to the one of the things he, that he said was about backwards compatibility, that nobody wants to play old games. Well, PS5 has mm-hmm. it. So, obviously, that was being made way before he ever became where he is today. But it's just one of those things, too, of, like, I just don't agree with some of the things that, you know, he has said before, and I'm kind of worried that that will be enacted. Well, and see, the thing about Jim Ryan that's so interesting, and I decided to Google it while you're talking, um, is that whenever the censorship thing was put into place, that policy, that was actually John Codera. Yeah. And that was the person who was in presidency, and then Jim Ryan was the deputy president, essentially. Right. And then they just switched spots. Yeah, and then that stuff. And so it makes me wonder, is that that part of where the censorship thing is at? Is Sony essentially doing the same thing they did with Crossplay? 
whereas they backed off on it and kind of let people start doing that's it, but a, never said anything. That's a poor decision. I think so too. At, but, the t- at the time for both crossplay and the censorship we're going through, if you're going to fix it and you know you're going to fix it because they knew they were going to eventually allow crossplay, it wouldn't have been in beta for a reason. But they should have just let up then. Well, I think the beta thing was is a little bit of a it, it lets you do both, right? It has, hey, it's in beta. If yeah, we, but people if we see, see people that. being really excited about it, then we could just push through with it. Well, but people, if people aren't really using it, it's kind of like it, it's kind of like the idea of like if they ever wanted to, uh, and I'm going to use Xbox for this example if they wanted to, right? Um, backwards compatibility technically went into beta with uh, Insider Xbox saying it's whatever. It's like a group of people on Xbox uh, One who have Xbox Live who get early access to different features that are coming, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so they say, hey, we're going to do uh, backwards compatibility. It's going to be available to these group of people first. Um, it could kind of be seen as both things. So if Xbox was in the position of Sony and they were actually at the top at the time and they said, well, we could do this. Uh, you know what? We're going to put out in beta and just see. It could be set up to where either they look at it and they go, well, nobody's really using it at all. And there wasn't that, even though there was a little bit of, of buzz about it word wise, nobody ever ended up using it, which is kind of what Jim Ryan was asserting about backwards compatibility is that he says that you hear people request it all the time, but then when the features there, they don't use well, it. Well, that's the problem. Which is that, I don't know. That's, that's not, that's, you know, I don't have those numbers. I don't either, but that's an issue too with me is that, yeah, if it's not there, nobody uses it. Well, what about the 1% that does? Like, yeah, you're you're putting those one percent at the mercy of everybody else, which is already faulty numbers to begin with. You know, you're not going to win that battle. That's an uphill battle because you're the one percent. Well, so- it's, it's that is is catering, and and this is, and this is a big thing with business. You know, is catering to the one percent. How much is that one percent, and how much money does? But what we, would you be losing out from that one percent versus how much money you have to invest to pull that one? percent But what in? we saw is a decision that they could make that is nowhere on their side of things. In okay, terms, you're, you're back to back uh, to crossplay. Yeah, or, okay, it's something or backwards that, compatibility. Uh, crossplay. Okay, but it's something that is to uh, with with crossplay itself. It seems to be something that does not wear on Sony's software at all. Yeah, it seems like it, it looks just to be like a flip of a switch. We saw that with Rocket League. We saw that with I mean, not Rocket League. Fortnite. We saw that with Fortnite. We saw that with um, what was that other? It's that indie multiplayer game that, that accidentally did it too, and people realized that they were getting killed by mouse and keyboard on PS4, and it was not supposed to be crossplay. Oh, I guess I thought that was Fortnite. No, uh, no, 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 no. That, well, I guess that technically is an indie game, but I'm not talking about that <laughs> indie game. <laughs> it was another one. But my thing is, is that if it's something that happens accidentally, that tells me that Sony. They're just saying no. And yes. the developers are the ones that have the, the feature to activate. Just like when they said no to De- uh, to Destiny and to Bungie, to Luke himself, when he came out and said, Sony finally allowed us to do cross saves. Now people on Destiny are like, well, cross saves happened. Now Bungie Whereas do cross play. And now technically that veil is removed for them to do yeah. it if they wanted to. But I am going to play devil's advocate. It, the, the thing about covering and doing a podcast about a business like this is that you are dealing with people like us who are not necessarily business people, but we're looking at things as close as we could. And, and at least me, I'm trying to understand, like, you know, I do have to be fair. If this was my business and it, everything hinged on decision, you know, one decision could have a butterfly effect that destroyed my business. Even if other people hated it, sometimes you've got to do, you have to do a risk assessment thing, right? So of devil's course. advocate specifically to that is you're right. From everything that we've seen from the Fortnite accidental situation to whatever whatever other game that you were talking about, either way, I do know there was multiple instances of accidental crossplay. Yeah. There's we know that. So when you look at that, it does come down to looking like, well, Sony's just saying no. Well, while there's no cost involved in terms of immediate cost for R and you know, for R and D yeah. research and development, like there would have been for backwards compatibility. Right. On that situation, Sony has to go, how much do we want to spend trying to emulate sale on PS4, which is still questionable? 
and how many people are going to benefit from that in a way that is way better than PS Now that will get people to buy the money. So, you know, what is that percentage of people? How much money is that estimated and how much money would this R&D cost? Do they break even? And then if they break even, is it really worth it? Probably. But if it's if it's negative, think, but going back into the core of crossplay, I think what you do with that, the devil's advocate move there for a business is while there's not an R&D cost, there is a cost in terms of your your expectations. So all businesses work on, uh, you know, essentially, hey, these are our expected numbers for the year. This right. is, we're projected to hit this. And if Sony projects a certain number for software or consoles, either one, and then they come out and just say, with absolutely no anything, and that's interesting here. I'll get into that in a second, I guess. But, you know, when you do that, it goes into, well, if we say yes to crossplay right now, people who would have bought a PlayStation just to play with their friends, those that are gone. That number, though, is the devil's advocate number of the 1%. Oh, and then, and then you get the other side. Yeah, 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 we don't know the percentage. Well, no, that's I'm just exactly saying that's, that's the uphill battle there is yes. that nobody's doing that anymore. But And if they are, it's the, the number of average consumers buying a PS4 for their own versus the amount of people buying one because their friends have one and they're playing online. Oh, yeah, it's definitely. Those people are the 1% yes, now. Yes. That, and that's where, for me, it's what you're doing is you're making ang- other people mad who would have potentially bought your system not because of multiplayer games but for the exclusives that you offer which is why they're winning now in the first place it's not because of the multiplayer yeah it's but- because of the exclusives and then you get a network of friends and then of course you have those friends that you play multiplayer with then you don't want to go to another system because you have the exclusives you have the multiplayer my issue is is that even greg miller himself called sony out in this sense too of you're literally letting people or not letting people play a game you're letting people who do not own your system further tarnish your image and and in their eyes their image of them because you're 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 taking this feature that could be activated that you can that you just did yeah like i said third. risk assessment yeah. right yeah and then now these people's eyes are you're they're, they're tarnished you know these people no longer like sony because sony is not letting them play with their friends they're not gonna and some of these people who play fortnite they're not planning on buying a ps4 you know, or whatever, and it might not even be for if that's all they're playing. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're right. You, you, and there are people that start with yeah. that. The hope, I guess, it, would be that they, if they start playing Fortnite on your system, but even and they then, bought your system to cross play. Cross play, people often overlook cross play as, as a solution for playing with friends, sure. But the, but my, in my opinion, cross play is not only great for playing with friends, it goes for player number. It keeps that, mm-hmm. if Keeping I'm on the lobby, PS4, open. If, if I'm playing a game on PS4 that dies down and it's on PC and it's very lively. That I have people I still play with and I get to play it. Yeah, that's and that's where in case like if I had crossplay, I just played on PS4. But hey, who knows that game? Like say, PUBG is more way more popular on PC. You don't have crossplay for that, which they do. But if you didn't have crossplay for that on PS4, PS4 is 100% dead. People are saying that in the UK, it's taking 30 minutes to find games because there's not enough people on the uh, on their servers for a 100 player match. Yeah, actually, PUBG did go into uh, they, they were announcing crossplay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just but, said that. <laughs> oh, sorry. I okay. thought you said that they didn't have it. But no, anyway, I said now that they do have it. Something I thought about in the middle of me talking about that is, you know, we I'm saying that businesses run on projections, right? Yeah, they were on. Project- is it weird that the beta came months? later after the thing started i almost wonder if the beta and it eventually going into full crossplay was a way for them to ease away from their already projected numbers right so when the crossplay thing blew up sony already had yearly projections that they were trying to meet for shareholders right yeah and then they go crap this crossplay thing's going well let's just try and ride it out and get our numbers and make sure that we hit as much as possible hit these projections okay then we can go hey you know what 
in case crossplay does end up being something that does affect our business a little bit, next year when we go into projections, we can project less. And this number won't yeah. actually fit. I almost wonder if this was done as a way to slowly hit expectations this year and then find a way to make sure that the expectations were encountered. Do you know what my, my tinfoil hat? My tinfoil hat. Got my words all mixed up. Tinfoil hat theory about all this. Yeah, go ahead. Sean Layden got fired because of something he found out that he knew. Uh, or that Sony knew. And then Sony, as an attempt to cover up the negative PR around all this, said, oh yeah, here's crossplay. Tell your developer that you want to enable it, and it's good. Because hmm. it, it was, what, 72 hours later? 24, 24 48? It was within three days. Yeah, asking about definitely crossplay. that. So, and I'm really curious, too, is that Sean Layden still has updated his PS, his, his bio on Twitter, like you said. That, to me, sounds like that's one of the first things I'm going to update is my LinkedIn and my Twitter bio and every other social media bio that I have to let other people know that, hey, I'm available to find a job. Unless he did retire, in which case he doesn't want a job. Then I would still go edit all that stuff just to put former. I guess, because, you know, the thing is, is that if you look at his Twitter and you have this big thing on there, he's not very active. Most of what he was I think, doing. I think well, what you said, though, before the show started is he's going to Google Stadia. That would be well, the real projection. That's one of those weird things is that, you know, what? Okay, what I was saying before the show, we were talking, I know, and I did want to bring this up in here. It's still a theory. Uh, but, you know, we did mention that when you go to a competitor, this happens. Well, the thing about the the thing about PlayStation right now is that. It sounds like what Sean Layden was wanting to do in relation to Jim Ryan is that Jim Ryan's okay with opening up PlayStation to be more service-based. And then we have Sean Layden who was more saying, I want to keep these big games uh, on consoles, on a local console machine uh, for the foreseeable future as long as we can actually stretch that out because that's Sony's niche. You know, that's what they have. Really beautiful, crazy, high-performing games that are only playable on their consoles and incredibly optimized for their consoles. And then they go, but they look the best and play the best on an actual local machine. Yeah, you can take those games like they just did with PlayStation Now, which we can kind of get into in a second, and you can say God of War is playable on PlayStation Now. Uh, you can play it on PC. You can play it on uh, PlayStation streamed. Um, so technically, you don't have to have a PlayStation for it. But even if you stream it to your PS4 or you stream it to your PC, it's not going to look as good. And Sony's niche is being this industry leader in graphics and animation and all these different things that are not going to look as good as they could on a streamed one. So when you do that, that's where Sean Layden was looking at. He's like, you know, we have a system that works and people are digging it yeah. and into it. Also do crossplay. Try and find ways to bridge these two in a way that still lets us have a console and and speak to our niche. And then you have Jim Ryan, who is a little bit, you know, from everything he's saying, he's wanting to double down on PlayStation Now and do more with it. And the idea would be, well, that obviously makes sense because it's a streaming service, mm-hmm. first and foremost, uh, though it does have the ability to download on PS4. And it makes you wonder... If PlayStation is the real last bastion of a console, a high-powered local machine console, that that is the main focus. You have Microsoft moving towards with, yes, they're going to have a next-gen machine, but they're also talking about their Project X Cloud and how that's going to be a big focus for them. Uh, you're going to you're having Nintendo, who have no interest in being powerful. They just have interest in doing the thing that they've always Nintendo done. Nintendo things. Which is their Nintendo things. And that's fine. I'm not No shade on Nintendo oh, yeah. for that. that but... PlayStation was the last console bastion for a high-powered in-your-home I still think machine. PlayStation 5 is going to deliver that. Oh, if, I do too. If but what the rumors are true currently, yes. then yeah. it's. And I don't mean to say that PlayStation Now is pulling away from that. I think that Sean Layden may have been the person who wanted the idea of there to be a PS6 afterwards. 
to try and further elongate the idea of a local powerful machine. Whereas Jim Ryan may be saying PS5, we do it because we have to, because we've heard Sony say we have to do PS5. We have to do a local machine still, uh, because that's what our, I think what our customers a, are looking for. A local machine too. Yeah. But the, the importance of that local machine may start to drop to where there may not actually be a PS6. I mean, PS6, you just don't know. I, and that's where I come down to they're saying the, the importance of that. If if you have somebody in Sony who is leading towards going towards a service based thing, then that local machine loses its importance to Sony as a, a brand, at least from the upper management. And then you get to the point where you say Sony might look at under the right management, uh, might look and say there's no need for a PS6 now because oh throughout- PS6. That's what I thought. If they said PSX, I'm like we no, haven't had one of those PS6 for yeah. going on two years at this uh, point. But no, looking at that, it's like okay, well it's a console. And I think where Sean Layden, from everything you can see, he's saying it seems like he was more keen towards continuing it. But my point being, if Sony was the last bastion for that of a, of a higher powered console, and he was going to be getting out of that either way, if he didn't retire, what are the chances that he just decided, you know what, I'm not going to be able to find, I'm not going to be able to do what I want to do at anybody else anyway. I might as well just go to a competition and at least have a higher head and try and affect change in the other areas where I can see. He could be going to Microsoft. He could be going to Google Stadia. Who, who knows? We we may see coming up. I think we'll see in the next two weeks, two yeah. or three weeks. If you know, if he's if he didn't really retire or whatever, and if he really didn't, you know, quit or get or get fired. I mean, then I think we will see. And I don't think he got fired mainly because of the way they went about. He could have been asked, to but resign, he also could have been what, what most of those positions. You don't ever get terminated. You get asked, asked to, resign, to resign or yeah, forced essentially to resign. forced out. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so, very rare that in a position of power like that that you get fired unless you're caught, you know, money laundering or something, something like crazy. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where there's going to be banging PR prostitutes on the PS the PS table in the conference room or something. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, so one of the, a segue essentially here is PS Now. Uh, PS Now is the last big thing that really happened this week in regards to PlayStation, uh, and that is uh, that really PlayStation cool Now is dropping its price uh, from ninety nine dollars a year to fifty nine dollars a year, nineteen ninety nine a month to nine ninety nine a month, uh, and they've added a bunch of games. They added Uncharted Four, God of War, uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy. I think. Let me pull it up. Did they have they already added Horizon Two? I have to look real quick. But so, uh, but the other thing was, and they added um, also Grand Theft Auto Five, uh, and that is exclusive. That's a big. To them. That's a big winner right there. Yeah, and they 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 made a big. For those that, that don't know or don't remember or haven't heard, you can download every PS Now PlayStation Four game. It is not streamed. Yeah, I think you can stream it if you want. Okay, so here we are, real quick. But Just, you can download them. Uh, so U.S. And that's what we're going to be kind of talking about because it's framed the way that we understand it. Uh, U.S. went from nineteen ninety nine a month to nine ninety nine a month. It went from uh, quarterly, so every three months, forty four ninety nine uh, um, every three months to twenty four ninety nine every three months, and then from ninety nine dollars a year to fifty nine. So it has matched the exact pricing of PS Now. I mean, PS, uh, Plus. PS Plus. Yes, yeah. it has. And it added God of War, Grand Theft Auto V, Infamous Second Son, and Uncharted 4 Thieves in. And they announced that they will start having games that are rotated in alongside the list of evergreen games. So there are games that will stay forever, and there's games that will rotate in, in every couple of months. So that or, or month, but yes. Yeah. They'll okay. come in, that's and the they will eventually leave. Yeah. Um, but now that the new pricing system... But I do think that that's also true of Games Pass. I don't know for sure. And I, if anybody does know that, let me know. But I do yeah, think that there are certain games that hit Game Pass and then go away. Not with any game I've ever played. Yeah. Um, well, so I don't all the games I've played so. have been Microsoft games, which I assume all of the Sony Evergreen games will be. Well, I played like Super PlayStation Hot and games. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, so. But 
Yeah, you know, for me, this is a real big win because I have always wanted PS Now to become somewhat cheaper, even though I don't really need that service until they start adding up, until the library gets a little bit bigger. Um, Because that is not their full library. They have a really massive library for PS4 now. And, of course, you know, you do have access to PS3 games and such as well. More than 800 games total on the service. Yeah, so, you know, for the price that you're paying, this is really worth it. And I really do think that this was a great step in the right direction with this service. I do think that it still could have been cheaper, but I don't think that it's, it's worth to argue that. Okay, this is where I go into saying no. Yeah, I don't agree that it could have been cheaper. Well, I'm For just one, that, like, technically anything can be cheaper. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, that to be it's fair. technically it could. It, 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 I know that some people are still not going to get it due to the price, and that's fine. But I don't think that it was worth it to go lower. Yeah, and because it's, I think they could have got by. Well, what I mean is, I think they could have gotten by with seven ninety nine a month or something like that, and it would have been fine. But I, I mean, I, I'm still going to go with. I don't think it probably not because to we, be that the more games that you're trying to get from other people on there, those little bit of dollars a month are going to matter. You know what I mean? That's true. So yeah, if, you, yeah, if they want to start adding monthly. more and more games into this, the more money they're getting from it, the better. And they're already dropping the price substantially. Now, one of the things I've already said about PS Now that I think is real important to give Sony credit for is that. As long as you were buying in a yearly option, PlayStation Now was already $20 cheaper a year than Games Pass was. Now, when you look at it, you can get PS Plus and PS Now for $120 a year. The Games Pass Ultimate, uh, which comes with Xbox Live and everything, is $179 a year. Yeah. When you do, or something like that. I, I did the math the other day just to be sure I was accurate on it because I knew it was a lot higher, but I didn't know. It, it's a, it, it's a difference is at least $50. Uh, and that's impressive. You know, you were already in a situation where at $99.99 a year, you could get a year of Games Pass for a lot cheaper. But because Games Pass, or sorry, a year of PS Now cheaper than Games Pass, but because Games Pass has got newer games, the fact that it was cheaper didn't really matter for a lot of people. Now that you're to the point where buying it for a year, is literally $60, and then you do have some newer games as well as games that are still... Like, Grand Theft Auto V hitting this is, a, is amazing. Yeah. Because it's a game that consistently still t- stops the sales charts. Yeah, and it's the full game, so you're going to get like you're gonna yeah. get pretty much Grand Theft Auto Online to play with that as yes, well. Yes, exactly. So when you're looking at this, Sony added a list of great games, God of War, and this is something I've seen Sony been doing for the most part. If a game joins their instant uh, or their, their PlayStation Hits collection, mm-hmm. it, it joins here. Yeah. You see that a lot, and it makes sense. They're games that People who have been waiting a long time and only play physical will go get the actual disc. But otherwise, you're already cutting them down for a cheap price anyway. Just throw them on PlayStation now. You get money for them. You know, you're, you're going to get money for, for licensing your game out on there. Or Sony says, you know what? We've already made a bunch of money out of God of War. Anybody who's still going to buy it physical can do so for $20. But we can also put it on here. And we're going to make money from people wanting to actually subscribe because there's better games Yeah, they may subscribe here. at a month-to-month um, basis and cancel out just because one month they may want to play God of War. And then another month, something may get added on and they want to play that too. Yeah, and that's three fantastic games. God of War, Infamous Second Son, and Uncharted 4, if A Thief's In. Those are just three big PlayStation games, and Grand Theft Auto 5 is just icing on that cake. Um, but when you're looking at that, uh, this does tie into something that Jim Ryan was saying, which is that he wanted to double down into uh, streaming services, and that that was going to be an important pillar of their next-gen strategy. And this right here shows that that is definitely the case. This is the first step, I imagine, in a long, planned-out thing of what they're going to do with PS Now. Uh, I think most of that's going to be expanding into more territories, which they've been doing, and then making sure that they get that service as tight as possible. Um, yeah. 
So, you know, I've, I've played within a year and it's been great for me, but I have high internet speeds. Uh, I saw a lot of people recently saying that they went to the service, uh, had last tried it a year and a half or two years ago. Some one person even said a year ago and that it was still too rough for them. And they said that they went back with this announcement and have tried it. And now this is just stories, so there's no way to confirm them. But I do believe them. This is just normal people, day-to-day people who are just sharing their experience. These are people that are saying that even in this year, the service has gotten so much better that used to, you know, places now said that you had to have five megabytes per second yeah, uh, to, to do it. Um, minimum, which seems low. Yeah, I still think that that to me is like you're going to need a lot more than that. From what a lot of people have said, it's still not. If you have actually five, you're just going to get a barely playable. Like it's playable. Yeah, but it's but it's not ideal. But a lot of these people I've been saying that have been talking about this, you know, anecdotally, are saying that these are people that have twenty to thirty megs down, and that it's it's actually a workable. You know, not a lot of artifacting, no real input lag, uh, and that the, the it'll actually run worse visually before it'll in, sacrifice input lag, but still not it, what doesn't visually look bad enough to to matter enough. Yeah, and that this is a good benefit for them. Uh, now, a lot of these people are play, people that don't have PlayStation, so they specifically were doing this to see how they could get these games to work on their PC. Um, but that's interesting because what it does is the same thing that Microsoft's doing to an extent, though way more on their side, of trying to get people into your ecosystem, even if it's not through your console. They need to add Demon Souls, damn it. <laughs> it might happen, man. Got to see if that remake hits. It's you know? probably going to hit. Uh, you know what was interesting about that is that we said, uh, you know, whenever we were going through our predictions, I said that we're going to see what Blue Point's making is probably Demon Souls. And then I don't watch Colin stuff, even though I like Colin, uh, just because I don't want to see it. But I did see someone mention that Colin also said there is a Demon Souls, and essentially, and that he was surprised it wasn't at the pl- the the state of play yeah but somebody also said like there was a news article that was really clickbaity and said that call moriarty confirmed it and then corin call moriarty said like may the may your soul shine on or something and i was like that's not something for demon souls and i googled that it's from a different game completely and i can't remember what game it was but it was a ps2 game i remember thinking like may your soul shine on google that it's something like that well i'm looking at something real quick about but uh, it was one of those things of like somebody somehow like I don't think he ever said the word demon souls and they're just going on that quote he said and like people are going without actually looking into it we're gonna take a second to look real quick right here it's, oh here it is real quick see if you could find the quote he said that yeah the, so it says that there was one game in particular a remaster coming out for playstation 4 that i thought they were going to announce today at state of play but they didn't i don't know what they are waiting for with that one let's just say the soul still burns with that one yeah google that uh phrase the soul still burns because it actually came up for another game soul caliber yeah soul caliber so maybe a Soul Calibur 2 remaster or something. There's never at any given point. Does, does But why would Sony be making that? Why would he also, but why would he say the, the that's a phrase for Soul Calibur. So like, why would he say that? In yeah, reference that's a good question. To, like I said, I don't know. I didn't hear him saying this. I just saw and then somebody All the news that. articles are like, call Morty already said Demon Souls. I was like, no, you idiots. Like you're, you, like you're, but you're, it is soul. So it's, it's hard to say. He could have been misleading on purpose. Who knows? Um, but I mean, I'm anyway. not saying he's wrong either. I'm yeah, just saying that, that was a way t- off tangent. It was just yeah, interesting that we I'm were just talking saying about Demon's Souls. That, that what he said in, in particular, unless he's being snobby on purpose, or not snobby, but sarcastic on purpose or misleading on purpose, that people are like, oh, it's like, Call Mori, it's, it's not Demon's Souls. Now, he technically did not say it is Demon's yeah, Souls. Yeah, but he also gave a quote of a game that's maybe Soul Calibur 2. I don't know. 
People, people have been asking for that game to come back for a while now. I just don't know why Sony would be involved in that. That's the question. I don't either, but, you know, but, maybe. Uh, either way, do you have anything else you want to add about the PS Now thing? No, no. I think that's it for me. One of the, it's been uh, an interesting episode for something sure. Something I didn't know about PS Now uh, until recently, even though I, in the back of my mind I kind of think I remember hearing it, is that if you have PS Now and you're playing a game through PS Now um, that has online, you don't have to have PS Plus to play it online. That's kind of cool. I doubt you're, you're going to have a great experience, though. But there are certain games that you cannot play the online without downloading it. Can you download PS Now? So, or is that just a fancy way of saying you can't play it on PS Now? No, like if you were streaming, like let's say you didn't want to take your PlayStation somewhere, but you had your laptop and you were already taking it for work. So you just bring your laptop and a DualShock 4 uh, and you say, I'm going to play, uh, and this is, this is true, I'm going to play Grand Theft Auto 5. I'm just going to stream it. You can't play Grand Theft Auto online through PS Now streaming, but you can play Okay, it. that's what I was talking about, though. You can play Grand Theft Auto online if you downloaded the game to your PlayStation. Gotcha, Auto. okay. So, so any it's, PS3 it's game, you can't, it's going to be rough to play any, or if any multiplayer game. You would be able to because you can't download those. You can only stream them. Well, no, it's not every game. There's only certain games that the multiplayer only works if you downloaded it. Some games work entirely streamed. Okay, that's oh, that's weird. Yeah, what are our community's take going to be? This has been a real weird, weird episode. You know, um, what was their favorite part of the news for this week? Where do they think Sean Ryan? I mean, Sean Ryan. I think, <laughs> Sean Layden is going. Sean Layden. Uh, I think you know. My thing about all this is that this seems to be leading towards. This seems like almost a year out from when we're expecting the PlayStation 5 to launch if no plans change on Sony's side. This seems like Sony, maybe even with Sean Layden thing, depending on how that unravels, this seems like Sony might be starting to lay the groundwork for the way that they want their perception to be by the time the PS5 hits. And I look at that from saying that we see... We, we see uh, cross-play, leave beta, go into full thing. Most people are going to look at that and say the PS5 will have full cross-play from day one, which is a great thing for a lot of people. So you get, you, you get that percentage, and you get people going, okay, so a pillar of the PS5 will be – we already know one of them, right? We got backwards compatibility. We got that earlier this year yeah. uh, as a pillar. Now we're looking and saying, okay, cross-play as a pillar, and then you say game streaming as a pillar, or streaming services as well as, yeah. as, well as just game services because PS Now is still going to be downloadable, and I imagine that PS Now – on the PS5 will still be downloadable for PS4 games as well as any PS5 games they add. So I think what this is is Sony starting to lay the groundwork for the way that they want the PS5 to be perceived and that maybe the Sean Layden exit is so that they do not have conflicting upper leadership before the PS5. Yeah, I can see Uh, that. So I guess my question here is these two things, the community stake will be uh, the two biggest things that are coming out of this, which is the PS Now price drop and, of course, uh, crossplay going in. Do you do those change the way that you view the PS5 at all, and do they change the way that you feel that you felt about buying the PS5? Do they reaffirm your position on buying the PS5? Do they pull you away from wanting to buy it? Let us know your thoughts on that. Uh, and uh, of course, I'm still going to end this off saying I like Sean Layden. Yeah, I do too. And I, I wish him the best. You yeah, know? sad to see him go. So it's sad to see a lot of people Especially, go. We, we saw Andrew House go, and he started yeah, oh, becoming yeah. the kind of guy that I was like, you know, I, Mark Cerny. I do like him. Mark Cerny's still there. We're good. Yeah, you're right. I I, I did it again. You just said Andrew House, and I got I get those two confused for no reason. <laughs> okay. I think that's the second time on the show I've done that. Now at this point, probably. Because I somebody, you doing I think it Ryan pointed it out to me. We were playing Division back then, but um, but yeah, I, I'm sad to see him go. It's going to be weird to see a new E3 figurehead pop out whenever uh, E3 comes around next year. Well, it's, it is curious on a lot of these things. You know, one of the things that we talked about over on the, the Facebook, and then we'll close this out, uh, was whenever he left, you know, uh, one of our uh, 
people over there mentioned, you know, sad day Sean Layden's left. And we were talking about it. It was um, Brian, I think is his name. Um, I'm brain farting right now. But anyway, you know, I mentioned that the downside of this is that Sony's likable faces are starting to leave. And I don't think that Jim Ryan, at least in the U.S., and that's something I do want to say, at least from the U.S. side, Jim Ryan does not resonate with me, and he doesn't really resonate with anybody that I know. He is, not a, he is not in this And household. I don't mean that everybody dislikes him, but he's definitely not the kind of person that people just look at and go, I like that guy. He's just nice and cool and calm. Whereas I think Sean Layden had that for a lot of people. And Jack Tretton had that to at least a decent level with a lot of people. We see Shu gets pretty liked a lot because of his charm. Shu um, has all kinds of charm. Exactly. I don't know the general consensus on Andrew House. I never felt like anybody was giving him crap. So, But my point being is that Adam Boyce, you know, the person who was their uh, their leader in terms of getting third-party relations, yeah. they had a lot of very likable faces that have come and gone throughout the PS3 generation, uh, or PS4 generation, sorry. And it is interesting to see what, that's, what kind of effect that's going to have because, you know, part of why I think Kojima came with PlayStation whenever he did Death Stranding was because Andrew House was there and that there was a relationship with them yeah. already, you know, and that that he viewed the way that Andrew House was running the company a specific way. And then, you know, when Andrew House left, we don't know, but maybe maybe that there was people who were wanting to partner because of Sean Layden or because of other people. We don't know what kind of effect Jim Ryan being the the pay person coming in and then all these new upper management people that are going to come in, if at all. Uh, apparently, Sean Layden, the reason he became chairman of Worldwide Studios was because he was the president of Sony Computer Entertainment America. Yeah. But when they pulled all that together into Sony Computer Interactive Entertainment to be a global brand, they created the spot of chairman specifically with him in mind. We may not get another chairman at all. What if Sean Layden was a mole for Xbox? <laughs> this whole time I spent 30 years at PlayStation uh, <laughs> what is it Bill Gates came to me and said 10 years from now I will be making the Xbox keep it on the low get in feed me your information no no it's gonna be like one of those cringy movie scenes like where uh it's like a, the plot twist happens and Sean Layden reveals that he's working for Xbox because Bill sits down and he's uh he's like He's like, hey, Sean. He's like, I got a. He's like, I got the job for you. He's like, can I see the documents? And then Sean hands him over the documents, and Bill's like, all right, thank you. We're on a phase one. He walks out the office, and then as Bill Gates is about to walk through the threshold, Sean says, hey, Bill. And Bill turns, and Sean says, name it Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bill walks out. That's right, people. You heard it here first. I Sean thought you Martin were going confirmed but, naming the Xbox the Xbox. I thought you were going to go with the the ridiculous stuff of where it's like. You know, Sean Layden actually pulls a mask off, and it's Bill Gates. <laughs> no, not that. No. Bill Gates is cloned, made by Jeff Bezos, who is in there to take over the world. Yep. That's it. Thank yep. you all for uh, watching episode 132 of Triangle Squared. We're going to leave you guys with Brett and his wonderful voice, giving a thanks to all of our patrons. Thank you all. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks to our patrons, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green, my name is Dan, Douglas Below, Sean Santarude, Eric McAllister, Matt Sycamore, Funk Turkey, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Eduardo Palomino, Stefan Swanlin, Coy Live, Philip Laguerre, Corey Hickerson, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Brandon Edwards, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, and Dylan Kirby. If you would like to support the show in any way, shape, or form, head over to our Patreon patreon.com slash nartech and um consider giving us as little as a dollar a month for early access and other cool things we appreciate you thank you